everyone, and welcome back to the Short Staff Podcast. We are in Season 2, Episode 3, The Spiritual Discipline of Worship, and we tagged on with that stewardship. And we have with us our brother Donnie Self. Uh, Donnie is a deacon here at Broadway Baptist Church, and uh, he's had uh, ministry roles, uh, various uh, uh, ones in the past, and so it's a, it was a joy listening uh, to your sermon, brother. And, and so it was he, awesome, yeah. It was. It was incredible. And, uh, and so he's going to help us uh, get a handle on some of the things that he uh, brought out uh, from, from the Word and some of the points that he made. Um, and that's available on the web. You we, can we find that on our website, uh, broadwaybaptistchurch.org, yeah. and yeah. The, the church app. Um, definitely get a little bit more, more uh, in-depth on, on that spiritual discipline. Uh, but we're going to try to cover some things, some surrounding topics uh, some things that kind of come uh, out of the spiritual discipline of uh, worship and its accompanied uh, discipline uh, stewardship. So, uh, Brother Donnie, why don't you just go ahead and give us kind of a rationale to your uh, sermon, some of the things you talked about, why you went there, uh, etc. Well, it was such a vast topic to begin with. And you know, as, as I mentioned, Brother Tony, topic, topical teaching is tough for me. I'm yeah, more yeah. of a, a, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I dig into the text. Mm-hmm. I just want to explain that text and look at it compared to other scripture. And uh, that, that's, just, that's just me. That's how I was brought up. Mm-hmm. But the, the topic, as I got digging into it, was just so vast. And I, I, I just, it was beyond what I knew I could cover mm-hmm. in not only in my study time but in the presentation there was just mm-hmm. no way and so I just started um, reading a few books on worship different chapters systematic theologies and so forth and one text just keep kept coming to the forefront and that was that text I went to in John 4 with mm-hmm. Jesus and the woman at the well at Samaria and um, it just kept ringing home to me if I want to learn about worship who better to listen to than our Lord Himself? Amen. Yeah. So I just I just spent most of my time just digging into that passage and what it really means to worship in spirit and truth. And you know, I, I just I just highlighted it. I mean, mm. that's that's just even that even that is beyond my ability to mm. comprehend. You're talking about your your spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we we, we understand the physical, mm-hmm. but we start talking about the spiritual. What's going on inside of us? And other people in our communion with God, it's just something that's hard to get your that's brain around to to ex- understand fully. Yeah. You 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 know when it's happening, mm-hmm. but as far as explaining it, that's another thing altogether. Right. So I just uh, wanted to get a better handle on what it means to worship in spirit, our our spirit communing with God, mm-hmm. and focusing on God. Yeah. And then I turned the corner into. Uh, worshiping in truth, mm-hmm. realizing that if we don't understand God as he's revealed himself to us in scripture, yeah. our worship is going to be limited. Mm-hmm. We're going to be worshiping our God of our own making right. or some other God, not in the way that he prescribes for us to worship him. And so I just went there with that. And then, then beyond that, just realizing that worship is not just what we do here on Sunday morning. Right. It's you know, we call it a worship service and we even refer to the singing as worship. Oh, well, that was mm-hmm. a good time of worship. Mm-hmm. And and that, that's fine to say that, right. but understand that it's not our singing right. that's our worship. Right. That's just an outward expression of what's hopefully going in, on in, inside of our hearts. We're not being entertained by performers on a stage. Mm-hmm. We are a a worshiping congregation, 
and we should be communing with God who has revealed himself to us and, uh, and then understanding that it's not just what's going on in our service, it's all of our life. And that's why on the mm-hmm. end I, I applied Romans 12, 1 and 2 yeah. as, as uh, us being a living sacrifice. All of our life laid before him as an offering. Amen. So that, that's, that's pretty much where I was headed with everything. Donnie, for, uh, for our listeners that maybe are, that don't know you, uh, tell them a little bit about, about you. You have some biblical training. You also have served as worship leaders at various places. Tell, tell the folks a little bit about, about your, your experience in worship uh, as far as, you know, when you went to, went to school and was trained and then also in places that you've led worship. Well, I've, I've led worship on occasion, never on a regular basis. I've filled in for people, but I've, I've done a lot of solo work and so forth and uh, grew up singing. My, my brothers and I, I have four brothers, and the five of us went around to little country churches singing right. gospel music yeah. growing up. And uh, it began with my dad playing the guitar, and, and I was about nine years old. I was the oldest at, at the age of nine when we started. Wow. So we, we went to a lot of homecomings, a lot of Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night singings. That was our life. And uh, once, once I started taking some piano and, and, and could accompany us, then my dad stepped to the side, and mm-hmm. it was me playing and, and us brothers leading. Then I, then I go away to Bible college and pretty much broke up the group. And uh, <laughs> Plus, our voices started changing, too. It was, it was okay when we were younger. We, had, we could cover all the range of the different parts, but right. we all kind of became baritones and basses, and uh, the, the parts didn't work out as well. Yeah. But um, I've, I've been around different styles of music. And, uh, Where'd you go to Bible college at? Uh, Tennessee Temple, yeah. which is now defunct, but yeah. a very strong fundamentalist school. Uh-huh. But uh, produced a lot of great pastors. It, it did, and uh, it, it just it, it taught me some good things. And uh, then from there, we we stayed in Chattanooga and joined a good church down there, Woodland Park, with uh, we we had Wayne Barber teaching and uh, K. Spir- Arthur. K. That? Arthur was a member yeah. there. Uh, Spiros Zodiades, who oh, did yeah, the Greek I, New Testament. He was one of the yeah, elders yeah. there. Yeah, you had some fantastic teachers. In it was church. it was line by line, yeah. precept by precept. Yeah. That, yeah. that was that's what it was all about. Yeah. So and it, and we and it was one of the church one of the first churches at least that I was aware of that started doing the praise and worship music, hmm. and I became introduced to oh, that wow. like hmm. early eighties. A lot of the hmm. lot of that stuff, and um, so. Became, became acquainted with more of that. And, of course, in high school, I kind of broke away from some of the Southern Gospel stuff and started doing contemporary stuff with my uh, some of the guys I went to school with. And, you know, I was, I was one of those who felt like, well, the church needs to change. Yeah. You know, we're, you're not, just not reaching my generation with your music. And uh, now that I look back, it's like I shouldn't have, pressed it so hard because we, we don't want to lose the hymns mm-hmm. because they are so theologically rich right. and, and so many of the praise courses at the time were those 7-Eleven right. songs that everybody mm-hmm. talks about. And, but now I see, I see more theologically rich, newer music that, coming out. I think out. that's been one of the great things that's happened in the last mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years yeah. is that you're right. There, there was a time when, when the new stuff that was being written was shallow weak. Mm-hmm. and weak. Yep. But, man, there are some of the, the great deep theologies mm-hmm. embedded in these new songs. Mm-hmm. 
and, uh, and that are like the old they reminisce of the yeah, old ones. And, yeah and absolutely and i think they're going to be around a long time yes, just, they are. just like a mighty fortress yep you know i mean they're going to be lasting because they are so rich theologically especially ones that are more of a hymn quality more yeah, of a yeah. modern hymn i'm, I'm, I'm christ here. alone yeah, yeah. they now, have more I, words to yeah. them in right. the song right i hear some of them that i'm a little concerned about because i think there's maybe a little bit of reaction in the other direction mm. where some of them were so shallow you know the the psalms are, was israel's hymn book for a right. reason yeah. because of its lyric quality mm -hmm. i've heard a few i can't think of specific examples but a few modern songs that are uh, they're really rich theologically mm. but it's about like singing the book of leviticus it just <laughs> you know so i don't want i don't want us to go away from shallow to that extreme it right. still yeah, needs yeah. to have a lyric quality to it yeah. so that uh, people can remember right. well I, I like what you said too about the fact that that we are worshiping congregation yes you know i think one of the great uh one of the great blessings that we have here at broadway is a congregation who who sing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we're, we're not a congregation that wants to sit back and listen to others sing to us we want to participate and and all of worship is it's not spectator it's mm -hmm. it's participant mm -hmm. and uh and and so for the people of god to have people like yourself and grant mm -hmm. and so forth leading us mm -hmm. as a congregation singing deep theology theology and deep meaning songs from our hearts i, I mean I, I i think that's what worship to mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. uh, much more so than, than me sitting back like I'm at a concert or uh, listening to someone. And, I, and now there's a place for I, I love yeah. the solo. Sure. I, I love the, 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 the message of, you know, but for me to worship, I mm -hmm. get engaged, you know. Mm -hmm. You mentioned in the Sunday night, you know, you, mm -hmm. you standing next to me. I, I sing loud. I don't seem that, good, but I seem that's loud. Fine. That's fine. It was, that works it was, if your congregation is with you singing. I got to have the congregation. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Get a lot of backup singers yes. behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that reminded me of uh, something that you know, I had for us to talk about is uh, consumer or contributor. Yeah. A mm -hmm. lot of people carry that, that mindset of consumer, which we're inculcated in, yeah. in, uh, in the West, in the 21st century. Right. We're consumers by nature and, uh, or, or by our culture, and we carry that into the church. Mm -hmm. And we like to sit back. We like to be handed, uh, this is what you do. You don't have to do anything, right? And, you know, we're going to do everything for you. We got it all taken care of. You just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. Um, but uh, whenever you are talking about congregational uh, worship, whenever you're talking about um, I remember when we uh, were talking about preaching, um, expository listening, right? right? You're, You're now engaging mm -hmm. with right. what is happening on the stage and behind the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And that, I believe, is what we're, see, what we're seeing modeled by the apostles, uh, what we're seeing modeled and taught in Scripture. Right. Uh, I wanted to uh, go from John 4 and any other text, and I thought of Romans, 1, or Romans 12, 1, I forgot that you mentioned that uh, in your sermon, uh, too. But uh, Pastor Tony, do you have any other like go-to text for, I, I love, for worship? I love Ephesians, uh, Ephesians five, where uh, you know he says, "Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, mm. speaking to one another in psalms 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Lord for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, to God and even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. To me, you know, I've lived long enough that I've lived through the worship war that you talked Mm -hmm. about. And, um, and I can remember when I got a lot pushed back from uh, when the youth would lead worship, the senior adults wouldn't be engaged. And, and, and we finally realized that part of the problem was they didn't understand the words. Mm-hmm. And so once we started either printing out the words or putting the words on the screen so that they knew what the young people were singing, then they were fine with it. it it's just mm-hmm. they didn't know. Yeah, under- yeah. so, you know, so I think when you, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, you have all of this going on. These are different kinds of worship right here going on, but it's all being driven by the Spirit of God. Yes, it's all being done with a grateful heart. Mm-hmm. It's all being done in consideration of one another, being mm-hmm. subject to one another in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that goes a long way. When you have a congregation of people that are not so self-centered that everything has to be the song they like, yeah. when they care about, you know, when the senior adults genuinely care that this song really, you know, the young people love this. And the young people care enough about the older congregation to know, hey, they really, they, they're getting ministered to. Mm-hmm. And if we submit ourselves to one another, then that, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's what it ought to be. And that, that's a false distinction that the church should not make, yes. contemporary or traditional. Yeah, that's the, another thing. The they distinction, it. yes, the distinction should be on does it exalt Christ right. or not. Right. Uh, is it focused more on my feelings, my experience, yeah. or more on the glory of our right. Lord? That's where our, we right. should make the, the distinction in our music. Yeah, I think the sad thing is that we have allowed worship style to cause us to gravitate to one-generational churches. And, and yeah. that's my pet peeve of all things. You cannot carry out biblical community nope. in a one-generational church. Nope. And so that's why the church has but pastoring and shepherding a multi-generational church is the hardest because you are having to always try to be sensitive mm. to to all of the people yeah but isn't that what family life is mm. i mean there's grandma and grandpa and there's kids and there's moms and dads and you know that's what a family's supposed to look like mm-hmm. and when you love one another mm-hmm. it's not going to always be pretty but we're going to be concerned about yeah. one another yes. and them being fed and it comes back to understanding the words too, like you mentioned, printing out the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in so many of the contemporary music, the problem is that the background music is so loud you can't understand the lyrics. Right. Yeah. If we're going to have a word-based worship mm-hmm. in response to to the lyric and, and the word of God, mm-hmm. we have to know what those words right. are. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all emotion right. and no truth. It's not the notes ministering to us. Right. In other words, it, that right. shouldn't right. be right. front and center. Yeah, it's not the rhythm. It's not the beat. Yeah. It's the words that yeah. we're singing that's important. The, yeah. All those techniques, as I mentioned, can draw you... Right. to the lyric, can, yes. can get your yes. attention, like pay attention, this is important, right. but these, the style and the technique must not overpower the lyrics themselves. That's right. I would agree. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, how about a few theological things to consider? Uh, from Scripture, and these are just some things to kind of spark discussion that I, uh, as I was thinking about worship, and especially from uh, Romans 12, 1, that our uh, pre- we're to present our bodies as living sacrifices. This is our spiritual worship, right? So not just music, but in all that we do, mm-hmm. what are some principles from Scripture? And I think the first one that we're hit with is that God alone 
is to be our object of worship. I find it interesting that when, you know, you go all the way back to Exodus and he's giving uh, his people that he's just redeemed out of Egypt, giving them his law. And what's the first thing right out of the, that he gives them? It's yep. about worship. Yep. No other gods. It's about worship. Yep. No other gods and then don't make any false images. Mm-hmm. And of course they broke it while he's up there receiving. <laughs> yes. But you, you talked earlier about um, we can create a God that is not the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. America, we, we pride ourselves that we don't have statues and idols, and but we have idols. Yes, we do. We have the idol that we've made. We, we have a creation of Jesus in our own mind mm-hmm. that is foreign to yes, the Jesus right. of the Wasn't Bible. Wasn't it Calvin that said our, the human heart <laughs> is, is an, an idol, idol factory? factory. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and so it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, Baal. It doesn't have to be Ashtaroth. It, it can be Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's a Jesus I've manufactured, yeah. not the Jesus of the Bible. Right. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> and so that's the reason why he said, you know, there's no image that we could make. There, there's nothing that we could fashion that's mm-hmm. not an insult to him. Yes, that's <laughs> right. He's the creator God. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a, a lion or, you know, some majestic something and say, this represents, that's that's a slap mm-hmm. in the face. That's right. To, to God. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. I love the apologetics of the prophets. Whenever they're speaking against idol worship, uh, they uh, mock the idols. Yeah, that yeah. They have ears, but they, they cannot hear. hear. They have eyes, but they cannot yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know You end up carrying them. Yes, you end up carrying them from place to place. <laughs> yeah. And by doing so, you're insulting your God yeah. that you're worshiping. And, and you made them. You carved you those idols. You made them. So the folly in that, and I, I know, Donnie, you love uh, G.K. Beale, uh, too. I know you've read uh, his book on the church um, um, uh, in the temple, the mission right. of the church in the temple. Uh, he's got a book out, We Become What We Worship, mm. which is exactly how the Bible presents idolatry. Right. Whenever we're worshiping an idol, what does the Bible say? Uh, so that we they have... Like the one yeah, we, we end up becoming uh, those who have ears but cannot hear, who have eyes yet cannot see. We become senseless, which is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 1. Uh, When we worship idols, we're worshiping things without sense. And we become senseless. Yeah, you're talking about the prophets. I love the way they describe it. You you cut down a tree, and with half of it, you build a fire and bake your bread. (laughs) And the other half, you fashion and worship. That's folly. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But... Like you were saying, yeah. it's not just with the carved image no, that we do that every time we put anything as our object of worship Above. that is not the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that kind of covers what I was going to say about man is built for worship. We, this is part of our constitution right. being made in the image yeah. of God. We are two, we are worshiping beings, and so we will inevitably worship. Yeah. The question is, what are we going to worship? What are we going to worship? Yeah, that's the reality. People say, well, you know, I I don't worship or I don't have time to worship. Everyone worships. Mm -hmm. Do we worship God? Do Mm -hmm. we worship God appropriately, Mm -hmm. you know, or do we worship self or do Mm -hmm. we worship position or whatever? Everyone is worshiping. Mm -hmm. We're we're made to worship. The the real driving issue for me is there is a God who is worthy of worship. Amen. And the objective of the church is to, to share the good news of the gospel so that at the end of the age, they will be worshipers from mm-hmm. every nation, tribe, and tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, this church is a very mission-minded church, and we got missionaries we send out all the time, and, and, and they're seeking to bring people uh, to faith in all parts of the planet. 
It's because God is worthy. Amen. That's what it's about. Yes. You know, I, I sometimes have people say, man, they must really love those people in PNG. Mm. No, they really love God. Yeah. They love God. Yeah. And, and, and they believe God's worthy of worship from mm -hmm. those people in PNG. Yes. It, you, you won't stay long if it's just about a love for the people in PNG. Yeah. Right. It, it's, you know, the same way with, with Israel, you know, when, when, when God said, just move aside and I'll destroy them. Moses said, no, 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 wait a minute. Your glory yes. is more important. Yep. And for our missionaries and those that are making Christ known, it's not that they have this just overwhelming love for those people. They do love those people, mm -hmm. but they love the glory yep. of God more. Yeah. And that love for people must be second. Yeah. yeah there are two great commandments. If it yeah. comes first, first, if that's the overriding yeah. love, that's idolatry yeah. in that's, itself. That's exactly and missions right. can become yeah. idolatry yeah. with the wrong motive. Yeah. Um, I think John Piper, in the beginning of his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, he says missions exist because worship does not. Right. Anywhere where worship is not happening, that is our target right. for missions yes. uh, so that God uh, would be praised on every square inch of this planet, yeah, which absolutely. will happen yeah. at the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. So um, God is the only object of our worship. Man is built to worship. We will inevitably worship something. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Calvin said that um, because of sin, the human heart is an idol-making factory. But with the new birth, uh, our worship can be aligned rightly uh, to God again. And now the question is, how do we worship God? Um, there's a big discussion um, today, which, praise the Lord, um, within evangelic evangelicalism, um, most churches uh, that are going to be on the side of actually really caring about orthodoxy, um, they're going to fall on the regulative principle right. where, uh, and, and I know the other principle, the normative principle, they're like misnomers. I don't, I don't really like I don't names. know who named them, but they're, they're, they're terrible, terrible names. names. Yes. But essentially, you would think the normative would be the one you'd well, want to do. Yeah, because it normalizes everything, <laughs> yeah. right? But no. no. Um, <laughs> but essentially that God determines how we are to worship him. Right. And we ought not to go uh, beyond what is prescribed in Scripture because when we're using our imagination and we're getting our hands in it, we're going to monkey with something and mess things up. Yeah, yeah it's prescriptive versus restrictive. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, the, the restrictive. We, we're allowed to do anything that isn't forbid. Well, no, you get into all kinds of trouble. Oh, yeah, there's so much that yeah, we so could, much could not, do. Yeah. That, but yeah. we need to follow the way he prescribes our worship. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, in Isaiah, the Lord says, chapter 29, verse 13, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. And may we never have merely rules taught by men dictating how we worship the Lord. May we go to his word first and see how the Lord has taught us how to worship him um, because it's all about his glory and there's no one in a position other than God himself. And the reality is if we have a Bible mm. and we have communion and we have baptism, we, we got, got it all, man. We got it all we need. That's right. We, you know, the church today has incre increased more and more as what we got to have to worship. But when it's all boiled down, if we have a Bible in our language, we share communion together and we do baptism, the pictures of the gospel, we, we have a fully functioning mm. church. So no smoke? No mirrors, no, no. lights. <laughs> yeah. No? No stage. <laughs> yeah. 
it can be a platform right. to elevate the speaker so he's yeah. better heard, right. but yeah. it, is, it is. When you call it a stage, it's not a stage. Right. Yes. Not a we are not performing. Yes, right. yes, yeah. yes. And you see this, you know, there was a book just uh, a few years ago, uh, Who Moved My Pulpit? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's this debate about pulpits. Mm-hmm. And you see, if you visit, uh, you know, if you visit the old, old churches in Europe or you visit uh, some of the old churches in the New England states, massive pulpits, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the, the word of God was central and significant and it was what it's all about. And now, now you know, I, I said a few weeks ago, Janie and I were visiting uh, a church when we were down in Florida and uh, about halfway through, I, I said to her, do you see anything missing? And she looked and she said, there's no pulpit. And after they had their worship set, somebody snuck in during a prayer and brought this acrylic pulpit. And I still couldn't see a pulpit. There was one there, but I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, that because reminds they, me of John MacArthur's work. book, Fool, Fool's Gold. He has an entire chapter in there called The Plexiglass Pulpit. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, and so they don't want that to be noticeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moving away from, and, and when you talk about worship, I think you're spot on. It's not just singing. It's not just music. It's, not just, it's the word, mm-hmm. preaching. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the, the moving away from the preaching of the gospel to do interviews and dialogue and all these various things that, that are replacing the preaching of the word of God is, is tragic. Mm-hmm. God chose, according to the scripture, God chose by the foolishness of preaching mm. to save the lost. I've uh, recently seen, and I'm definitely not going to disclose the church, but watching just out of curiosity their service, and a couple times during the sermon, and this is on a recording, there were breaks where they had a church, their, their church produced a commercial. Um, and so, I mean, you're watching the sermon. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's a conversation between two different people. It's like, where did we come from with it? You know, and Mm. that that goes into though. If you follow the Hollywood model, yeah, they tell us our attention span is only like eight minutes, and so every eight minutes you got to have a break because. But listen, we're selling people short. There's a there's a people that are hungry for the word of God. Yes, they can, and And they can endure more than eight minutes. And we can change too. Maybe I come in the church only getting eight minutes. Well, guess what? God's spirit's going to work on me. Right. So that I will be able to enjoy, enjoy the yeah. word, and as right. I enjoy, it, I want more of it. Right. Um, and it's then, appetite. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't all happen in human strength. And the, there's the spirit and the spirit's role. Yeah. Now, I really appreciate Donnie how um, you prioritize in your preaching first the study of the text and and what you brought out in John four, which I think is uh, how we most misunderstandings of that text is we think that. Well, we worship in spirit and in truth. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit that he's talking about. Um, but the definite article is not present there. Um, the, the focus is on the inner man and the word of God. Um, and so we've dealt with that. Uh, but the Holy Spirit does has a, have a role. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit's role in our worship of the living God. Yeah, going back to Ephesians, you know, be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, starts that yeah, section. That starts that. that whole section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need we need the spirit of God in our worship lives. You know, mm-hmm. he's talking about here. You need the spirit of God in your your wedded life. You know, your marriage. You need it in your worship life, and then your war life. He moves into putting on the whole mm-hmm. armor. You need the you need the spirit of God in every area of life. And 
and the Holy Spirit is the one who who teaches the word to us yeah. as we're yeah, reading. Yeah. He's ministering the word right. to our hearts Amen. so that so that we understand it. And with without that proper mm-hmm. understanding that the Spirit is giving us, there's no worship. Right. Yeah. Right. So he's he's instrumental in that way as well. Yeah. In John 15, Jesus says the Spirit's coming to bear witness to right. Christ. The Spirit's keeping Christ as the center and the object of our worship. Uh, but before we move on, I couldn't help but I think notice. there's a misunderstanding, too. He, he touched on this. The emotion yes. versus the Spirit. Yeah. Some people get confused. Yeah. And they think that spiritual worship has to be emotion, yeah, yeah. has to be shouting yeah, yeah. and running and doing all these things that's driven mm-hmm. by emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember on many occasions listening to uh, John Phillips, British preacher, never raise his voice, never get excited, and would be just bringing the word of God and would just walk off the stage when he finished and people are just like, you know, it was such a spiritual hmm. experience mm-hmm. But there wasn't anybody hanging from the chandelier. There wasn't anybody running up and down the aisle. There wasn't any of that. But it was so powerful and so spirit-filled, you know? That's why I've often thought I have these contrarian thoughts once in a while where, okay, we have all this music in the beginning, which is good. It kind of sets the mood and so forth. There's a part for that. But then we hear the word, and then when we hear the word taught, the natural response of our heart should be worship. Mm. Should should we have just a tag-on song at the end, yeah. or should we have a, a little more extended worship mm. to, to allow our hearts to respond maybe with songs that will go along with what we've just learned? Right. So that's yeah. just, oh, that's, that goes and bucks our tradition, but yeah. maybe I have these thoughts that maybe we ought to cut it a little shorter in the beginning and have some more on the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now you're messing with the order of worship. Yeah, we wouldn't want oh, to do how that. How dare you? Do oh, I, listen, I've had people storm into my office. Mm-hmm. When we moved the offering to the end, yeah. and, and we moved a response hymn to the end, the announcements to the end after mm-hmm. the preaching, angry. No, mm-hmm. when you finish preaching, it's over. We're done. <laughs> so I said, where? Yeah. Where, where yeah. do you find in Scripture mm-hmm. an order of service? We're told the ingredients and the elements, but we're not told what order that they're to go in. But sometimes we've heard mm-hmm. such, we're so stirred by a sermon, I agree with you. and we then mm-hmm. we've got to turn that switch off. Right, mm-hmm. I agree. Sometimes yeah. I think we Worship need to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, that's something to pray about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then when they come storming in, I'll send them to Donnie. To Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is all Donnie's idea. Donnie who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you mean singing more songs at the end? We're we, ready to go. We like to blame our deacons for stuff, too. So. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's talk about some practical things. And we, we've already hit on some, uh, but the, get, the day that we gather for worship, is that significant? Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree. No, the not, Lord's not a day. fan of those Saturday night service is just to get it out of the way so your Sunday is free. I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, there's a reason why. I mean, if we think it's a big deal, think about it. what a big deal it was for those people. Mm-hmm. They were raised Sabbatarian. Yep. They were ingrained in it. Yep. It was their mm-hmm. whole culture, and all of a sudden, they transformed it to the first day of the week. That's the day Jesus rose. Yeah, and so, man, if, if, it, was, if it was important enough for those guys to buck their mm. upbringing and mm-hmm. their culture and their tradition, and, and many of them die, die martyrs. Yep. Surely yep. we can gather on the Lord's Day. Yep. Yep. And the significance of the Lord's Day yep. in redemptive history, God made the heavens and the earth in six days. He rested on the seventh. Mm. 
He's in covenant with this creation on the seventh day. The next day of the cycles, the first day of the week, new creation. We, we gather on the first day of the week because the new creation that God is bringing about has broke in in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we're now, uh, when we gather together, we're celebrating the resurrection, and that's the first fruits of the redemption of all creation, which will one day be the redemption of our bodies too. Yeah, when you study Acts, it's, it's without question that they were already practicing this yep. on the first day. Yep. And this isn't just a, oh, I've got a couple proof texts here, but this is no, the, direction the direction all of Scripture's yeah. heading. Um, I definitely agree. The day and by the way, you know, uh, Josh McDowell and some of those guys, they would argue that that's a proof of the resurrection. Mm. Yes, yes, to I agree. To make such a transformation yeah. in their day of worship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, music style, we've already hit on. I, I, I believe we kind of landed on like two criteria. Um, one, it must exalt Christ, and it must be singable, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, where it's not promoting, uh, you, you just sit back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But with it's, corporate it's, singing, Ephesians five, we're participating. To, uh, have, sing uh, or speak to one another yeah. in uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, uh, which goes to the next thing I want to talk about: lights on or off, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know the answer to that. I know I do. I, w- yeah. I want our listeners to hear your well, rationale, though. My rationale is God is light. Yeah. <laughs> we've, been all, we've been called into out light. of darkness and into light. Primarily. What I've experienced when I've when I have visited churches that turn all the lights down over the congregation, the reason for that is they're putting all of the emphasis upon the stage, mm-hmm. upon the, the praise team and the mm-hmm. musicians, and uh, and again, it's it's more of an a, a concert. It's more of an entertainment that accompanies an entertainment right, mindset. Right. It really That's does. where it yep. comes from. Yep. Um, I don't think. Um, Except in these last year, I don't think you can go historically into the church anywhere and find where they were worshiping in the dark. Yeah. Unless, you know, the candle blew out. Right. You know, (laughs) God is light. Mm -hmm. And uh, how can I sing to one another if I can't see my brother? Yeah, that's that's how can I I be blessed by interaction with my brothers and my sisters in Christ if I have to turn the light on my phone to read my Bible? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of again, uh, the, the lights being on um, because we're all mm-hmm. a part of this worship, not just the people on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that even discourages you from bringing your Bible to church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you can't, you can't see it, can't see it no what's point. the point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm all about uh, thinking about how we uh, do the things we do, our, our, our practices, and uh, with this mindset, what enables me to be more faithful to more of Scripture? Right. And if the Bible says we need to be singing congregationally, what's going to enable me to do that? Um, lights on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then definitely that mindset, this final thing, um, and maybe this be a charge, unless you guys have any uh, final comments, um, that we need to come into the gathering, um, and we need to come into uh, our corporate place of worship with the mindset of I'm going to contribute to the spirit of worship. I'm not just going to be a consumer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, and, and come with a prepared heart. That's able the, to, yes. If we have not spent any time through the week in, in scripture, worship. Yep. you know, sanctified believers make the best worshipers. Yes. And we are yep. sanctified by the renewal of our mind mm-hmm. and how are our minds renewed yep. by the, the word, word of God. God. Yes. Most people haven't even got the pump primed Mm-mm. by the time the service is over. No. 
But the pump needed yeah. to be primed before they got there. Yeah. And so yeah. then it would be overflowing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the old timers, you know, Donnie, you, you grew up in the, the small rural churches. But the old timers, man, they were talking about going out to the corn crib, going out mm. to the to the barn, mm-hmm. praying, getting ready for mm. worship before they ever got there. They were prayed up and ready to go when they got there. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. Yeah, they typically on Sunday yeah. night, they'd have the men would go into the prayer oh, room yeah, before absolutely. the service began. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, any uh, final things that you guys wanted to talk about? No, I just really appreciate, uh, I appreciate Donnie. I appreciate uh, Dudley. Uh, the, the folks that are participating in this series um, are a blessing to my life and I, I I praise God that he's brought them into the life of our church and um, you know we look to to only increase more and more opportunities mm-hmm. because I can't tell you how many people told me how much they really enjoyed hearing mm-hmm. you last week and you know and Dudley the week before we just need to get more opportunities and Amen. you know brothers I look up to absolutely yep. good All deal right. Well, this is a good time. Uh, thank you again, Donnie, thank for joining you. us. I enjoyed it. And until next week, uh, episode four, we will be talking about evangelism. Uh, and so until then, God bless you. Have a great week.